0: such an honor to be here. And I just found out from the pastor that he thinks I have a little bit of East Coast attitude. <laughs> and I was like, I, well, uh, yeah, I know. I fit in here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you guys make us feel like we fit in here. You've just been amazing. And it has just been such an incredible honor. Uh, to be here with you, I want to take a moment really quickly and just go over the resources that we have brought, uh, and and they're going to put the pictures of the books up there on the screen. But just really quickly, let me explain to you the different resources our ministry, You Are More, creates resources that uh, teach women and girls their value, their identity, and their purpose in Christ. That's their VIP status in Christ. Their value, their identity. And their purpose, and so I never set out, obviously, to start a ministry. <laughs> I was literally walking down the street one day, and someone stopped me, and it changed my whole life. And so, uh, like I said, Girl Perfect is my story of all the angels that intercepted, and it really just shows how the Lord can use people uh, when their eyes are open to those that are hurting around them. I had people in in Germany reach out to me. Uh, that were handing out bibles in a park and i had uh, i was having terrible suicidal thoughts i was absolutely haunted by the demonic i was in wicked shape in fact that song get up out of that grave i literally tried to drown myself in my bathtub in germany and the very Um, and so i had that bible ready when that man on the street turned me around And I began to realize that the Lord had seen me. Well, when I came home from modeling, I took the money I made from modeling, and I went back to school uh, because I wanted to write a book to help girls. It's been 15 years. This is the 15-year anniversary of Girl Perfect. And it's so interesting because the book came out the month before the selfie. The Month Before the Selfie in 2008. And it was like the Lord knew what was going to hit this generation when it comes to their image and their beauty and their value and their identity. And I began getting, uh, the book has been translated into five languages. It went back to Germany in German. Um, And I one day got a letter from a, a girl in Germany who had a skin disease in which she was covered with sores all over much worse than what i experienced and her father had told her that she was ugly which in german means hated and from that i ended up writing the girl perfect study guide which was is a bible study it's a downloadable bible study you can get it at our table it's a download Um, and we're going to be putting it back in print but I, i wrote a bible study for girls and there's videos and we have whole curriculum kits to take teen girls through this. There's videos, leader guides, study guides, all the things. So, um, and then beautiful lies you guys got as your conference ticket, and this is the Bible study that goes with it. Again, we have incredible testimony. It really opens up conversations between women, and it helps them take off the mask and get honest. I always say this is the rated R version. This is for women who've been through it, women who have some forgiving to do, who've been hurt by man or, or parents that have, have um, wounds. And this is the teen girls version. This is the PG-13 version for teen girls. And it teaches the same exact lessons of identity that Beautiful Lies does for teen girls. I had a heart to want to create resources for women and girls. I would just notice that women would be studying the book of John while the teenage girls were cutting. <laughs> And I would be like, okay, now the women are going through Daniel, but the teenage girls are benching and purging. And now they're scrolling. And the women are studying Matthew. And so I just had a vision that the Lord could actually, we could live out Titus 2, which says the older women would teach the younger women. And so this is for the older women, this is for the teens, and then pretty from the inside out, it was really hard for me to do to make this PG, to make my story PG is like really hard. But anyways, I wrote a PG book for girls eight to 12 that would teach them the same five lies that Beautiful Lies teaches and the same five truths understanding that with beautiful lies, this whole concept is just this simple, is that you are not what man says about you. You are what the Lord says about you. You are not what the mirror says about you. You are what your creator says about you. Um, and so there's five lies and five truths. He is the father who we are the daughters. He is the creator. We are the creation. He is the Lord. Our body is the temple. He is the light. We are the light. He is the most high. And we are his witnesses. We are his ambassadors. So by teaching these young women their identity in Christ, it needs to be it needs to be like this. It needs to be like this. Hannah, come here. I know, you're on your phone. Come here. Well, I know. That's how it works. She is a mother. She is a mother, and it is Ezra. She named her son Ezra, which is the helper. Is, do, do we love that? Okay, so hold on to this. So if I teach you your identity, if I teach you that you're a daughter of God, a creation of God, come on. And I'm going to try to take it away from you. You don't want these girls to be able to take this out of their hands. Do you understand me? Knowing who you are is everything, and she's going to pass that on to Ezra. She's going to pass that on as a mother to the next generation. We cannot be so focused on ourselves and our own flaws and our own issues that we do not turn our attention to the next generation to pass the torch and the baton of our identity in Christ. I'm so proud of you. Okay, no more phones. Ezra's fine. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. Um, Okay, what else do we have? Oh, 21 minutes. My last book that I wrote is on sexual integrity. So this is my crazy, brave book. I actually wrote while my kids were teenagers. They're like, you are not writing a book about sex. I'm like, oh, yes, I am. (laughs) Oh, yes, I am. And so (laughs) I understand both sides, right? I understand both sides of the argument. And so this is kind of like a sex Bible. (laughs) Like you could put this in your college girl's suitcase, the sororities needs to be in all the teen pregnancy centers in your community. They can literally look up different issues of sex even out of order. Do I have an STD? How do I heal from an abortion, right? Should I give my baby up for adoption? What does the Bible say about children? Because the world will say children are a problem, but we know that children are a gift and a heritage from the Lord. Amen? And we want every young woman to truly understand that so she doesn't miss out on the blessing of what God has for her. So 21 Miss is the Crazy Brave book about sex. Okay, I think we hit it. All right, so... We were talking about the Azar, and I want to pick up there about who God created woman to be. And we're going back to the beginning of Genesis because it is here that the Lord first uses the word woman. There's a principle biblically called the the rule of first mention. Okay, the rule of first mention means the first time a word is named, the first and often second time a word is named in the Bible is its definition. Okay, so when the world says, when the Supreme Court justice goes, I can't define a woman, you're like, come on, yes, you can. Right? And when people are saying, what is a woman? A man can be a woman, all this stuff. We need to go back so that we can go forward as, as a culture. Okay, we are going to go back, we're going to step back into Genesis, step back to the beginning so that we can gain an understanding in which we are now going to move forward as the daughters of the king because only the daughters of the king truly have the answer to that question. The, the Cambridge Dictionary has changed the definition of the word woman. The, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary has changed the definition of male and female. The online dictionaries are changing. So this generation and their children, if they look to the dictionary, the dictionary has now changed in the last two years, the definition of male, female, man, and woman. But I, the Lord, do not change. I am not a man that I should lie nor change my mind. Okay? So the Lord says, I do not change. Every day, his rule of first mention for you is the first word he ever spoke about woman. And we talked about it, we touched on it, but I want to go just a little bit deeper with you. It's so awesome that your child is the Ezra. Ezra is actually a masculine word uh, in, in Hebrew. Hebrew is a masculine and feminine. Everything is either masculine or feminine. You cannot take gender out of the biblical languages. It can't be done. In fact, in Hebrew, not only are the nouns and adjectives and pronouns either masculine or feminine, but so are the verbs. Hebrew, And if you don't know what a verb is, I used to be an English teacher. Sorry about me. I'm just going to get really grammatical with you right now. <laughs> but Hebrew, the biblical language, is a verb-based language. God is a verb. He is an action. of. Okay, how many of you need to go back to eighth grade grammar? Verbs are actions. Nouns are people, places are things, verbs are actions. So remember when you, would diag- when you would diagram a sentence, okay, in school, in junior high, you would you would underline the subject and you would circle the verb because the verb is where the action of the sentence is, okay? In, in even the nouns in the Bible, they're verb. They work like verbs. It is not a, a, a thing. It is an action to be a woman. In English, to be a woman is a a thing. It's a person, place, or thing. Not so in the biblical languages. In biblical languages, being a woman is an action. There is movement in the word woman. She hovers, she moves, she counsels, she helps. She advocates, she comes alongside, she lifts up, she brings life. To be a woman, biblically, is to bring life, is to be a life bearer and a life giver. And we are not giving up the meaning of our name. We are not doing that. And it will be up to the daughters and to the next generation to understand this very well to be able to pass it on. Okay, so the Azar is a combination of two roots: to rescue and to save. It was funny, the other, the other day, my, uh, my husband told me that his, his buddy from Bible study told him, a good woman will save your life. He said, my, my wife saved my life. She absolutely saved my life. And I thought about the Azair. So I thought, wow, it's really amazing. Because we are not saviors, obviously, we're just human. But in the name that God gave woman was one who would rescue and save. That's very powerful, right? A good woman will save your life. But a good woman, a woman could either destroy or bring life with her voice and with her sexuality, And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. If you look at the wise woman of Proverbs, there's two women. There's the wise woman and there's the foolish woman. The wise woman uses her voice to build her house. The foolish one tears it down with her own hands. The wise woman saves her money. The foolish one spends it recklessly. The wise woman honors her husband and honors man and honors children. The foolish one prostitutes her body and gives it away like it's for free. So there is the wise woman and the woman, and any one of us can be either one of them at any moment. I fall up the stage and act a fool. So every single day we have to come back to the meaning of what it is to be a woman. The root means to rescue or to save. It means to help, aid, rescue, surround, protect, often used, as I told you, in a military strength. You know, women are very strong, and this is a moment in history when we need courage and we need strength, and it takes a lot of strength to uphold a family and uphold a man, all right, even he when he be acting a fool. One time, one time, my, my mentor, Debbie, told me, because I really struggle with submission, because I'm a very independent woman, very smart, indep- independent woman. So, and I thought that was, you know, my, my, I was so great. <laughs> Until the potter took the clay. and pushed. But uh, anyway, she told me, you know what the reason why you have a problem with submission, Jen? That's my mentor, Debbie Tiger, She's with the Lord right now. I said, what? She goes, you have an exalted view of your own wisdom. And I thought, whoa. And she showed me a picture of a table. And on the table, she said, which is stronger, the legs or the top? And I'm like, wow, the legs? And she said, the one who comes underneath and holds up, it takes incredible strength to do that. And in our name is one who would come down like Jesus went down into the dust and to lift up. And our role is to lift up our husbands, is to believe in them, to shield them spiritually through our prayers and protect them and come alongside them. It is not to come over and try to crush. When we do that, we become the fool. So the more that we come underneath and we support and protect, it doesn't mean it actually takes an incredible amount of strength to come underneath and to lift up. The Bible teaches that the daughters would be pillars in the church and the sons would be fruitful vines. The woman came from bone. She is strong and God called her Isha, soft. But God created the man from the soil, from something soft, and called him Ish, which means strong. So it is our strength and our softness that will hold him up, that will bear him up underneath our weight. Konegdo, the name Azera Konegdo, what does that mean? So I told you the Azera is one who, can ha- who helps someone who cannot help themselves. That's why these teen, girl, teen challenge girls, where are my teen challenge girls? I, I knew you all were the, over there. I've been talking to you the whole time. Okay, but see, the women who've come around you, they're being Azers. They're They're fulfilling their God-given purpose. They're coming and helping someone who right now couldn't help herself. I was that girl. Okay, I was that girl who could not help myself, and somebody came along. God sent people along my side to, to bear me up and to lift me up and to help me to become the strong woman that God designed for me to be. And someday, you will be that woman for the next generation. Okay? So the next the next word in the Azar Kinecto, the word woman, the Kinecto is an interesting word, whereas azar is many, many, many times all throughout the Bible. It's called when people cry for help, it says help, 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 help. People are always crying for help. They're crying for a woman. What's the baby crying for? Mama. When your son's sick, who's he call for? Mama. Okay. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the helper. We hover, we move, we lift up we come alongside and we help and we aid and we rescue. Okay, but this is interesting. The connecto is something different. If the helper is uh, side by side, the connecto is face to face. And the you know, when people call women a helpmate, they're not the the, the those translations are really not explaining exactly what The word "woman" really means. So, I want to make sure you understand what the conegdo is. The conegdo is only found two times in the Bible, and it's only referring to woman. It is someone who is opposite you, like you, similar to you, in front of your face. Okay, so we have man and we have woman as equal. Okay, the connecto is one who goes face to face. She also, if you look at the root of that word, means that she is one who would announce, report, show, utter, expound, inform, be a messenger, declare, and proclaim. What do women like to do? Talk. Why do you think Jesus told the woman at the well? He's like, should I, who should I tell that I'm the Messiah? A woman or a man? A woman. A woman. Who should I tell to go and expound, report, proclaim, declare? Oh, Mary Magdalene, the crazy demon-possessed one, the one who's single, the one who doesn't have children, the one who everyone thought was nuts, I'm going to pick her. Why? Because she's going to go tell everybody, who, oh, the one who delivered me. Oh, the one who delivered me. I was telling her earlier, I was like, these women have a lot to dance about. I mean, I'm just telling you, they have been delivered from some things. Okay, and so in our name, in the roots of her name is one who would proclaim, and that is why I want to honor the pastors here of this church, because they've invited me to speak on a Sunday morning. That is very powerful. There are too many churches all over the United States that don't allow women to do what they were created to do, which is to speak, expound, declare, and proclaim the gospel. So that's awesome. You've got a good man. All right, so a few uh, years ago, oh gosh, it's been quite a few years ago, I, I was standing at my kitchen counter, and I was, um, I was chopping vegetables, and you know, I have three kids by now, have been in ministry for, I don't know, 13, 14 years. And as I was standing there chopping vegetables, I heard the Lord's voice the way I heard it in Germany. Because I've only heard his voice like the way I heard it at this moment twice. And he said to me, I'm going to take you through a crucible. And I thought, what's that? (laughs) Like, that sounds scary. And I'm a word girl, word nerd. And so I ran to my dictionary and I look up crucible and it says a severe test or trial. It says a variety of elements would come together all at the same time to birth something new. And a crucible is when the heat gets really hot. Well, it was at that time, uh, 2017, when there was this women's march on Washington. And we had had this big political unrest in our country. And half a million women showed up the largest march in American history and really in the world. And there were sister marches all around the world. Millions of women marched in 2017. They came to the Capitol. And, of course, as someone who loves women is interested in women, I, I leaned in on the TV and I thought, what are, what are these women marching about? Like, what are we, what are we speaking for? And this Hollywood actress, Ashley Judd, she got up on the stage and she started reading this poem. I am a nasty woman. And I leaned in because I saw the little girls at the march with their grandmothers and their moms. And I saw a little girl about six, seven years old carrying a sign that says the future is nasty. I am a nasty woman, she speaks. And she starts talking about her anger and this injustice in America and this victimization, whether it's womanhood or I don't know what exactly all those women have been through in their lives. Um, But I began to say to myself, is this the message that we're going to send the next generation? That we're angry, that we're nasty, or that we're able. We're noble. And I talked to my mentor, Debbie, about this, and Debbie's looking down on us in heaven. And I just went to be with the Lord a few uh, months ago. And I called Debbie and I said, Debbie, what's going on with the women in America? She said, they have a mantra. And the women of God have got to figure out how to respond. We need a new language on how to talk about womanhood. And I was like, yeah, we do. I wonder where that's gonna come from. And it was just a few days later that I was actually at a workout class and I was in triangle pose (laughs) doing my exercise and stretching when all of a sudden this flood of words came over me. I'm a woman. I am beautiful, I am bold, I am brilliant, I am bright, I am young, I am old, I am loved, I am light, I am gentle, I am kind, I am compassion, and I care, I am daring, I am divine, I am devoted to you in prayer, I am fearless, I am faithful. I am tried, I am true. I am generous, I am graceful. I will forever love you. I am from the land of the brave and the home of the free, and this is the woman I choose to be. I am a mother. I nurture, I model, I give, I guide, I prepare the food in the table and keep my home open wide I am humble I am stable I am dignified I am blessed I am released I won't blame one complain. I have purpose I have peace I know what beauty looks like you can't see it in a mirror I am grace I am gratitude I am helpful to my hearers I am a healer a servant, I am the fragrance of the world. I'm not oppressed, I'm not imprisoned, I'll be an example to the girls. The Lord told the truth when he said I would go through a crucible. The long and severe tests went on many years. My marriage, my ministry, my motherhood Everything that mattered to me was tested. You've been there. And it was these words that gave me the strength. And I would often recite them in the shower (laughs) and weep. I am a wife to but one man, I am fashioned by God's hand. I am his complement, his companion, his lover, and his life. I am the breath in his bones. I refuse division and strife. I will stand in the shallows, on the peaks, in the streams. I will love till last breath this man of my dreams. I am bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. I'm gonna get behind this man till the day of my death. On my wedding day, I made my vows. Now that was then, and this is now. And in the valley of the shadows, I will be his better half. I will hold his hand, and at the future, I will laugh. I am gentle grace, the softness at his side. I will lift my face and serve him like a bride. When the, the rains came in Houston and everybody was swimming in the flood water, I wrote, I am a friend. I come along when I, you are hurt, scared, grieved, alone, and make your heart my home. I'm a friend. When joy bounds, I come around. When hearts break, I have no fear. I know the stakes. I am near. I will be silent. I will speak on days so bright and nights so bleak. I am your keeper. I will keep. I will share your joy and your sorrow. I'm here today, here tomorrow. When you are up, down, weak, worn, I am with you in this storm. And I am a sister. When the waters rise for you to drown, I will remind you, hold on to your crown. I will call your name from distant shore to remind. I love you more. Do not worry, sister. Do not curse, stress, fear, rejoice, rejoice. God is near. Be not afraid. Your debt's been paid. You are resilient. You are brilliant. I will pray till knees are weak I will take you up my mountain peak I will unveil I will speak truth you and me Naomi Ruth I am Esther you are Deborah I am the Magdalene I am Mary you are Martha I am Rahab now and then I am the truth the slayer of lies it's not over we will rise <laughs> it's and i began to realize in the in the crucible in 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 the storm that we always have a choice to be angry or able bitter or beautiful cantankerous or courageous we could be demeaning on womanhood or devoted like Every time you can lean to one side or another, you can be the woman wisdom or you can be the fool and so can I. We have a choice. We had a choice during COVID. Are we gonna be fearful or faithful, right? Are we gonna be hateful or hopeful? Are we gonna be mean or meaningful, right? And are we gonna be quick to judge or are we gonna quiet ourselves with his love in this moment? And so during the crucible, I began to choose who I was and who I was not. And that is a choice that every single one of us has every single day. This culture is twisting what it is to be a woman. And it is up to us to stand as the women of the home of the brave and the land of the free and say, this is the woman I'm choosing to be. The enemy will try to come and steal your motherhood, steal your marriage, steal your ministry. And I want you to say, get behind me, Satan. I know who I am. And on days when you don't, get up the next day and stand and know who you are. So we have this choice to be nasty or to be noble. And the interesting thing about, about our culture when it comes to women is that if we are not uh, worshiping man or worshiping the self and the mirror, we are worshiping this sexuality. And it's really been interesting for me to watch this, this culture.